You know, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm encouraged by how they played. I mean, I feel like their yeah. defense was very was, but you know, it was very good. I like the way Andrew Wiggins played, especially in the beginning of that game, especially his defense as well. Hello and welcome to the Friday, May 21st edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're all having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. We have an awesome episode lined up for you today. I am joined by another guest, a first time appearance on the show. I'm joined by Miles Johnson, aka Real Talk with MJ. How's it going, my guy? How you doing, TV? I'm happy to be on here. I'm happy to talk some hoops, talk some NBA, talk about the playing games yesterday. Awesome, man. It's going to be a great episode. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome episode. Miles is the first time on the show, so show him some love. I'm going to have all of his links down in the description of this video. And also in my link tree where you can find his podcast, his TikTok, his Instagram, everything will be found in my bio. But yeah, before we get into this episode, I have to also plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you won't miss an episode. And also just show some love on any of the podcast networks. If you're on Apple, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast. And as for the other platforms, just show some love in any way you can. But yeah, in today's episode, it's going to be all playoff talk. We got to start off by talking about that freaking game from last night because that game was freaking insane. So we're going to start off by talking about that Lakers-Warriors matchup. And then also we're going to be previewing what the Warriors need to do to get to the eight seed. And then um, for the big point of this whole podcast is that we're going to be making our predictions for the NBA playoffs. We're going to be going through each series and saying how who we're going to think is going to win and why. And yeah, so this is going to be a very action-packed episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. And let's just get into this, man. I mean, firstly, before we go into like the NBA basketball talk, I mean, tell us about yourself and kind of like what you do on your pod. Yeah, so I founded Real Talk with Miles Johnson uh, in July of 2020. Uh, and I was in quarantine, you know, for like everyone was. And I was just thinking about ways I could be productive during this time. I've always loved sports. I've always loved talking about sports since high school. I'm in college now. I'm a, you know, I'm a junior in college now. Uh, and I figured, you know what, I might as well do this, make a podcast and talk about all sports. I mainly talk about NBA and NFL, uh, but it started off as a, as a podcast on Apple Music and Spotify. Then I've also branched out to YouTube and TikTok. Uh, so you can all find you. So you can find that all on um, you know, at, you know, at Real Talk with MJ. And it's on all platforms. Yeah, you should go definitely check him out because he wants all the smoke. I mean, I've seen this man's TikTok and this guy's freaking beefing with with freaking Kobe fans and freaking like MJ fans. Like, I mean, you think LeBron's a goat, right? Do you think he's a goat? I think he's the goat, uh, but I wouldn't be mad if somebody says he's, you know, he's the second greatest of all time. So as, as long as somebody says he's top two, I'm cool with him. But at least for me, personally, I would say he is the goat. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. Honestly, I need to get like a whole podcast dedicated to this and just get a bunch of people's like whole take on who's the greatest of all time. But my man yeah. is like, it wants all the smoke. Like there's like his comment section is filled with freaking them, them, Jor- hey, them Jordan lovers. Man. Jordan fans, they go hard. Them Kobe fans go hard too. But amen, amen. Amen, exactly, exactly. So you should definitely go check him out. Um, all of his links, like I said, will be down in the description of this video. But let's start off with the, with this playing tournament, man. I mean, the first two d- games have gone on. Um, the first two days have gone on. Um, we already know who the seventh seed is. On the east side, we got the Celtics beating out the Wizards um, two days ago as of recording. And um, last night, because that's a game I do want to talk about. Last night, the freaking Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers. That game was absolutely insane. Miles, just what were your thoughts on that game? And like, how, like, were, how were you feeling just watching it? Yeah, so in the first half, I was as a Lakers fan, as a Braun fan, I was I was nervous. I was like, we aren't, you know, Braun wasn't shooting particularly well. AD, I mean, Draymond Green, he was locking Anthony Davis up. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Dennis, you know, Dennis Schroeder wasn't wasn't you know wasn't playing well. So that big three of LeBron, AD, and Schroeder weren't playing well, but their defense kept them kept them in the game. It could have really been a blowout. 
uh, but their defense kept them in the game. Uh, I thought Caruso played a, a huge game, a huge game. And I feel like with the Lakers, as they progress, uh, as they face the Suns or whoever they, they face in the, in the second round and you know, moving forward, uh, you know, the guys on their championship run, whether it's you know, KCP, uh, Kuzma, Caruso, um, you know, those guys, they had that championship level experience that I believe that will trans over, transfer over until this postseason. So I just feel like they wouldn't have won that game without Alice, but without Alice Caruso. Um, and also, you know, in the second half, I feel like Bron started finding his, his touch a little bit as well as AD. Uh, but uh, what really kept them in the game was their defense. Their defense was it was great. And obviously Steph Curry, he put up 37. You can't really stop that. You yeah. know, he's just he's just unguardable. The shots he was making, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, but bro, at the end of the oh, first half, that shot at the end of the first half, bro. Man, he like ran he like ran across like the whole like logo. Everybody's like running after him. Bron's like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, ain't nothing you can do about that. There's <laughs> nothing you can exactly. do about that. Exactly. Uh, but you know, I I, I mean it's for the for the Lakers. I'm actually encouraged by this because I know that they're they are the number one rated defense in the league, and they showed that. Um, and you know, with with having all these new pieces with Andre Drummond, obviously having AD and LeBron come back, um, you know, off you know off their injuries, I still feel like you know they're gonna. It's gonna. It's not. They're not. You know, I feel, I feel like uh, you know they're still getting into it a little bit. Uh, but I'm still. But I'm, you know. But but I'm definitely excited for what what the what the. What the playoffs has in store yeah especially i mean yesterday that first half man i mean lebron 80 and shorter combined for like 15 points like that was ugly man that was really ugly and i mean shout out to the warriors as well i mean they they're like a top 10 defense in the league as well draymond green for people who thought he was washed up on the defensive end this guy was putting it like he was giving everything he got on that end I mean, he didn't hit a single shot, but he, I mean, he was doing everything yeah. else to be completely honest. I mean, Draymond was absolutely fantastic in that game. And I mean, Steph Curry, 37 points. There's nothing you really could do about that, but I'm with you. I'm encouraged by like in the second half that LeBron and AD both realized that they're like two of like the, like some of the best players in the basketball and they just kept going to their strengths because in the first half, I mean, they kept shooting a bunch of jumpers, which like really was discouraging because it made me feel like they didn't want to be aggressive Especially Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis, because even though Draymond is like a good defender, I mean, Anthony Davis is like five inches taller than him. I thought like he could just like bully him down there and he just didn't want to do it. But come to especially at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, Anthony Davis, like just turned something on and he like actually played really well. And freaking LeBron, man. I mean, there's a couple of things I want to talk about here, because firstly, that play with Draymond Green, where he got poked in the eye at like with four minutes left in the, in like in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, how did you feel about that play? Did you think it was a flagrant? And that whole thing about LeBron saying that he saw three rims and all that. I mean, how are you feeling about that? Uh, yeah. So when I when I first saw that, I'm like, I mean, I'll say I'm a little maybe I'm a little biased, but I would say I'm like I feel like that was a flagrant because. His uh, his hands went directly to his face, and with LeBron going full speed at the rim, and uh, you know, and I, you know, it's game speed. I feel like you know he's probably really injured now. Obviously, a lot of time I feel like LeBron's re- reputation uh, um, you know isn't the best for himself. When you know when he has injuries, he does try to do a lot of theatrics. But I, but I definitely feel like in that specific in that specific instance, he was really injured, and I feel like it should have at least been a flagrant for that. I mean, it wasn't like um, Draymond had had his hands on the ball. It wasn't anyone near, near the ball. It's, his hands went right directly at his face. I believe that happened. Like Draymond has done this, like to like Harden in the past. I remember Harden; he had yeah. something wrong with his eye. I believe yeah, he did something that. else to Le- LeBron as well, like something like that in the playoffs, um, in the finals or whatever. Uh, but I feel like sometimes Draymond is a little bit, a little bit wild. You know, obviously he's he, he is a great defender, but I feel like in that instance, it it was a flagrant. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely weird. It was definitely like an odd play because LeBron is kind of like a lot bigger than Draymond, so him kind of jumping like that, like that, is kind of like iffy and all that. I definitely didn't think there was really any intent to it, but it was still a dangerous play. Like for me, it could have really gone either way. I wouldn't like I would have like been fine with either, but I think like 
people didn't. I think I think the refs didn't want to kind of like start those conspiracy theories again. You know, with Draymond back in the finals, and like I think when the Cavs won in twenty sixteen, where he missed a game, like they don't want to have that type of trouble again. So I kind no. of see it, but you know, the Lakers still put out a win, and freaking that LeBron shot, that LeBron shot at the end of the game. It's like a 34, 35 footer from the logo, like. On, like he, I mean, he said after the game, he saw three nets. I mean, th- th- I mean, that was like that whole thing was kind of like a bit over the top. But man, that was a, a that was a crazy shot. How did you feel like, like as a Laker fan, just like seeing like firstly that play transpired, KCP kicking it out like with like three seconds left and LeBron just hitting it. Yeah, I mean, it was a dead play. I was like, what's going on? Um, obviously, I feel like Bron makes the best shots when he does when like it's like the last two seconds, last three seconds in the shot clock where he can just throw something up. Uh, and that was a clutch shot. I mean, the fact that he hit it from that distance and he was fading away, and it wasn't like – I can't say – I mean, I can't – I mean, I've heard people say that it was luck. I can't say it was luck because he switched it from that, you know, from that distance. Let's say um, – if, if, if it was like the Kawhi shot where it bounced around the rim a couple of times. Hey, 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 hey. I know you're a Raptors fan. I'm also a Sixers fan too, Fantastic. so that shot, yeah. I'm ever thinking yeah. that was the luckiest shot ever. But, you know, uh, yeah. but you know, um, if, if it was bouncing around like the rim like that, I could see people saying it was, it was a lucky shot. But, man, that was, just, you know, all-time great players make all-time great shots. And he wasn't playing that good, you know, up to that game. But, you know – you know, the best players end up making, you know, the best plays, you know, down the stretch. And I just feel like if it wasn't for that play, you never know what could have happened. I mean, Curry wasn't missing any of his shots. So if LeBron misses that shot, come down the court, Curry could end up in the three and it could be a whole different ball game. So I feel like with that shot by LeBron, it was it was clutch. It was clutch. Yeah, that, that was something special, that shot. I mean, I didn't think it was luck. I thought, like, I mean, he knew. I mean, it was an under-pressure shot. He knew exactly what he needed to do to get it off, and he did. I mean, Kyrie, um, Curry said after the game that he's seen a shot like that before. I mean, obviously, he was referring to the Kyrie shot, like, five years ago when he shot over him game seven of the finals. But he's like, yeah, it's okay. It's a bit further, so you got to give props to LeBron on that. But, yeah, that was an all-time great shot. I saw a stat on Twitter this morning that now LeBron has tied Kobe for the most go-ahead like um, shots to like either go ahead in the game or um, hit a shot to tie the game with under a minute left. They both have 97 made field goals and, and like with under a minute left to either tie the game or go ahead. So, man, I mean, for people saying LeBron's not clutch, he's done this his whole career. He knows exactly Bad. what he's doing. Yep. But with the Warriors, but with the Warriors going into this um, next game against the Memphis Grizzlies, um, we've seen what they did, what the Warriors did to them on the final day of the regular season. Is there any way you see the Warriors choking this up, or do you think this is going to be another easy one for them? Well, I was actually, you know, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm encouraged by how they played. I mean, I feel like their defense was very, was, but, you know, it was very good. I like the way Andrew Wiggins played, especially in the beginning of that game, especially his defense as well. Uh, he had, a, you know, he, he had a good, he had a, a a great turnaround shot on LeBron um, earlier in the game. I was like, Andrew Wiggins, you're doing that. Um, but you know, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like it'll be a close game with the Grizzlies. But I still, I still would say that the, I still would have the Warriors w- w- with the edge in that one. Um, uh, just like other players, whether it's. Andrew Wiggins, um, I forget, Juan, I forget what's Juan Toscano Anderson. Yeah, he he was he was making some shots. Kent Bazemore was was making shots. Uh, so as long as Draymond Green doesn't score zero points, I feel like they should handily beat the Grizzlies. Uh, but you know, if obviously he's a little bit challenged on the you know on the offensive end, uh, but I I I, I I'm thinking Curry is gonna have a monster game again. I feel like Curry's gonna have a monster game. Yeah, I mean, that Grizzlies game, I mean, it was competitive. It was competitive for, like, three quarters. And then because Dylan Brooks was doing a really good job on Steph Curry that game, at least as much as he could. But then he fouled out midway through the fourth quarter. That kind of halted all the momentum the Grizzlies had coming back into that game. And then Curry went off, finished with 46 points in this one. I mean, I think the Grizzlies would probably be a bit more prepared. They're probably talking to Dylan Brooks at this moment saying, like, you got to watch your fouls. Um, um, going into this game, but in terms of just like 
just ability like on both ends of the floor. I mean, both teams are good defensively, but the Warriors, you know, like when the time is right, you got Steph Curry, you got Draymond Green running the offense. I mean, I think they should be good. They're top five in three-point shooting. And the Grizzlies honestly cannot buy a bucket from three. Even watching that Spurs game last night, like yeah. it was it was hard for them to like, get some threes off. So I see the Warriors definitely still um, getting into that eight seed. It should be a lot more entertaining. It uh, should be an entertaining game. But yeah, I think the Warriors should be able to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get into this. The big the big topic of the show, we are going to be doing our NBA playoff predictions. All of the matchups are set except for the 1-8 matchup. We're going to give our predictions for either, like, like for just in case for either um, matchup that could happen. But, I mean, we're not going to really talk about much about the 1-8 matchups. Maybe with the Warriors and stuff, but we'll have to wait and see. But what we're going to do here is we're going to be talking about what are we most excited for going into the series. And then at the end of each series start, we're going to be giving our predictions as to who is going to win and, and how many games. We've talked a lot about the West in like the early part of the show, so let's let, let's show some love to the East. Let's start off on the East side. Miles, you ready to talk about this? I'm ready. All right, we're gonna start off with the, let's start off with the one eight matchup. Let's start off with the one eight matchup out East. We have the Philadelphia 76ers, um, number one in the East, taking on either the Washington Wizards or the Indiana Pacers. 76ers very good season this year and with the Wizards and Pacers their bo- their game's going to be happening tonight as of recording but by the time you're listening to this you guys should know the result but Miles um what are you most excited for about either of these series and do you th- and how do you feel um about the 76ers chances in this one I feel like it should be a you know, I'm I'm actually a Philly kid I'm you know yeah. I was I was I grew up you know, I grew up in Philadelphia I'm also a Sixers fan as well uh so I feel like either either way, whether it's the Wizards, you know, I mean, I still feel like Bradley Beal isn't 100 um, percent. You know, he's kind of like off one leg with that hamstring injury. Um, and obviously with the Pacers, they had, they, they are pretty good offensively, but defensively they're lacking. Uh, so I feel like no matter if it's the Wizards or the Pacers, I would still have the Sixers either having a sweep or at the most five games. And I I, I honestly, if they pay, if if am I paying if they face the Pacers, I feel like it'll be a sweep. If they face the Wizards, I can maybe I'll give Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook some respect. Maybe they go off, but Westbrook gets like a thirty point triple double or something, something crazy, and they get a game. But at the most, I can see either of those teams getting one game off them. But that's the most I feel like it'll be an easy series for the Sixers. Yeah, I am. I am there with you. The 76ers both have just massive advantages over both these teams. Both teams are birth are both hurt in terms of like their roster. We still don't know what Bradley Beal's um, status is, mostly because I mean, even in that last play in game, I mean, he just did not look right. Him and Westbrook both played really badly in in that last um, play in game. And as for the Pacers, I mean, yeah, they put up they put up beating on the Hornets, but at this end of the day, Miles Turner's not there. They still are. I mean, the Carousel Vert news absolutely killed them in terms of them like even having any chances. So it's 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 going to be a tough series no matter what. When you have Embiid playing the best season of his career, and the Seventy Sixers playing as well as they have been, Ben Simmons um, finally back and healthy with their supporting cast, I think it should be a good series. But, um, yeah, the 76ers, I think, are going to have a clear advantage here, and they should be able to take care of, of both of these pretty easily. Um, so, like, your predictions for, for either series, like, what would be your prediction? I would say the against the Pacers, I'm going to have a sweep in four games. Against yeah. the Wizards, I'll have them beating them in five games. Let's say five games, yeah. Five games, five games. I'm going to be right there with you. Wizards, I'm going to give them five games. Six at most, but at the same time, I mean, their team is so erratic come playoff time. I still, like, really don't trust them, like, in these series um, formats. And against the Pacers, yeah, it's going to be a sweep. It's going to be a sweep. And I think the 76ers will um, just take care of business and um, get both these wins. Now let's move on to, yeah, let's go on to the 2-7 and seven matchup. The Brooklyn Nets taking on the Boston Celtics. The Celtics coming off a very big win against the um, the Philadelphia 76ers, Jason Tatum going off for 50 points. This guy was absolutely on fire in that game. 
and the Brooklyn Nets, they're healthy. They are healthy, which is which is something we couldn't say for the majority of the season. But they got their three stars back. They're going up against basically a Jason Tatum-led team with some broken parts around him. Miles, how are you feeling about the series? I mean, I feel like Brad Stevens has already waved the white flag. He said, like, he's, I, heard, I heard something he said. Um, he said, like, as a casual fan, you would think that the Nets would win. I'm like, you don't say that as the coach. Um, but, you know, but I think it's going to be a sweep. I mean, I feel like Jason Tatum is going to probably average 35 points. I mean, he's the only really offensive weapon. I obviously have Kemba, Marcus Smart, but losing Jalen Brown is a huge blow for that team. And uh, I just don't feel like they can even get a game on this Nets team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's definitely going to be tough. I mean, Jason Tatum, he's been playing like a top 15 player all season. But the problem is when you are facing three potential top 10 players in the NBA, that's just a whole other monster. Kevin Durant, I mean, that last game of the season, I mean, they weren't even trying, man. They were just trying to have some fun. That play with Blake yeah. Griffin, threw it behind the back, that whole thing, that was all over social media. That was absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. I I mean, the Celtics, like, I mean, one of their biggest um, strengths from previous years was that they had a good defense as their backbone to their good team. That hasn't even really been the case this year. A bunch of their pieces are just broken. I mean, Marcus Smart had to leave the last game with some sort of injury. Same thing with Time Lord. Um, um, Robert Williams. And although Kemba's back, Jason Tatum's still going to play well. It's just going to be extremely hard to um, with just even this lineup to even just compete with the Brooklyn Nets. At most, I mean, my prediction for this, I have the Nets winning in five. I think that Jason Tatum's going to probably go off for one game, and I think him and Kemba could probably like combine for like 70-something points one game to just take them over the top. But yeah, this should be an easy series for the Brooklyn Nets, especially against a broken down Celtics. What is your official prediction? I would say the Nets winning four games. The Nets winning four games. Sweep. So this guy has a sweep going on in this matchup. It's going to be definitely interesting to see. I mean, if Brad Stevens is a coach that everyone is saying that he is, maybe he'll make some adjustments and maybe he'll do something. But yeah, it feels like the Celtics, I mean, even Jalen Brown, like having that surgery, I mean, it wasn't really necessary yet, but he decided to take it anyway. Kind of showed that they were kind of like mailing in the season. But Jason Tatum, I mean, if you want to see some freaking like takeover games, I mean, this is those series to watch because it's going to be basically Tatum and the rest of them boys. Yeah. Let's move on to probably the most interesting matchup of the um, of, of the first round. We got a rematch of last year, man. The Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Miami Heat, the 3-6 matchup. The Milwaukee Bucks this season, I mean, they're not number one in the East like they have been the last two years, but they still have been absolutely um, great this year. Giannis playing at a high all-NBA level. Drew Holiday been great this year, safety with Chris Milton. And the Miami Heat, who have struggled for a good chunk of the season, but have turned it up over the last month and a half and have um, propelled themselves to the sixth um, spot in the East. Miles, um, in terms of the series, do you think that the Bucks can really just, you know, get rid of these demons right away after like what happened with the Miami Heat last year? I feel like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long surge. It's not gonna be like how it was last year in five games. I feel like that was an aberration. Uh, but it's it's gonna be a long series. Um, but uh, I, I feel like the addition of Drew Holiday um, it was it, it was a great it was a great addition for the Bucks. Also having PJ Tucker having two dogs on your team is something that Giannis needs uh also with the addition of Drew Holiday, they have another guy that can get a bucket in the you know the, down the stretch um so I think that um with those additions I'll say I also feel like you know the Milwaukee will have a slight advantage but the heat you can't underestimate them I mean Jimmy Butler he's he Jimmy Butler is is is, is one of is is one of those players like when it comes down to the playoffs, I mean he like ends up turning it up a notch. Uh, so you can't can't really um, try and knock him off or whatever. Um, and obviously they have what Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, obviously Bam Adebayo. He's uh, one of the best defensive players in the league. So it's gonna be a long series. It's it's, it's gonna be a long series, but I feel like it'll end up being one of the best series in the first round, if not the best series in the first round. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you, Darren. I mean. The Miami Heat, I mean, it seems like so far away, but they were just in the NBA Finals just last year. They know what it takes to get um, deep into this playoffs. 
And yeah, this is going to be a long series. The Milwaukee Bucks have all the pressure um, against them now. So this is why I don't think they want to face the Miami Heat. But at the same time, I think if they do get this win over to Miami, it's going to be a huge confidence booster, knowing that they can kind of exercise those demons that they had from last year and kind of like be able to move forward. And as for the Miami Heat, I mean, they, I think they really were trying to get that five or four seed to try and face either the Hawks or the Knicks, because I feel like they feel like this is going to be an easier matchup. But man, they got to face one of the best teams in the East right now in the Milwaukee Bucks. And with the way Giannis is playing, it's still at a high level. Chris Middleton. Um, playing well. Drew Holiday, I mean, this is like, I think the biggest difference going to be from last year's to this series. Having Eric Bledsoe from last year and the way that he just doesn't perform come playoff time, bringing Drew Holiday, who has proven that he could um, put in work in the playoffs and is a much better defender than him, I think is going to sh- sh- um, pay dividends in this series in particular. And I think this is going to be a long series. It's going to be a very fun series. But in terms of a question, I have a question for you about the Miami Heat. I mean, this feels eerily similar to what they could do, uh, what they have done last year, you know, fifth seed last year, this year, fifth, sixth seed. I mean, do you feel like um, they could have another Cinderella run in them? Or do you think that the like these teams are going to be mo- a lot more ready for this team? I feel like last season with the Heat going to the finals, that was an aberration. I feel like it was a product of the b- b- bubble in Orlando, um, just having no fans and having guys. I just don't feel like guys like Tyler Hero would have such big postseason performances without any fans. Now, obviously, we're going to have more fans in the stadiums now. We're going to have home court, you know, home, home court advantage. And I feel like that would definitely play a part. Uh, uh, I won't I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat beat the Bucks, but I would but I would be totally shocked if they ended up making like a Cinderella story, maybe games like the conference finals, the you know, begins to the finals. I don't I don't see that. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Bucks, but in terms of them doing what they did last year, I, I don't see that at all. Yeah, I mean, especially because if they beat the Bucks now, they're gonna have to face them. That's the second round, so that's yeah. especially gonna is gonna be especially tough. Yeah. But Miles, in terms of the series, give me your official prediction. I'm gonna say the Bucks in. in. In seven games, the Bucks in seven games. Oh man, this guy, this man thinks it's gonna go the distance. The Bucks, seven games for the Bucks. I think the Bucks are gonna lock in this Drew Holiday edition. I think it's gonna really show a lot of people like why they gave up so many assets to acquire this guy. I think it's gonna be a long series, but I don't think it's gonna go with seven games. I have the Bucks winning in six. Um, but I mean, Heat though, you cannot sleep on them. And I think that any team that goes up against them, even the Milwaukee Bucks, they know what they're capable of. And I think they're going to be more prepared this year. So I have the Bucks in six. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to the final um, series in the East. We got the four or five matchups. The battle of both, like basically playoff babies in terms of the East, like here. I mean, we got the New York Knicks, the number four seed going up against the Atlanta Hawks. Both teams haven't made the playoffs in quite a while. The Hawks haven't made it since the Al Horford era. And the Knicks haven't even been to the playoffs since the Carmelo Anthony era. So you got both these teams um, having basically like having like really good seasons, probably above expectations. The Knicks obviously being one of the biggest shocks this year and the Hawks turning their season around after firing Lloyd Pierce and um, and um, basically making Nate McMillan the head coach. Miles, what are you looking for in this series, and what has got you most excited? Well, what's got me most excited is seeing the Knicks are back. I mean, for so long, I mean, they have been just a laughing stock in the NBA. So to see them back in the playoffs is is something that is good for the NBA, um, and it's good for New York as well. Uh, so with the way Julius Randle has really, you know, taken over, um, I, I mean, he's obviously he'll he'll be a lock for my most improved player, but. I feel like he should also be in the conversation, not winning, obviously, but in the conversation for MVP. But I feel like it's going to be a great series. It's going to be a long series for sure. Both these teams are pretty much evenly matched. Um, obviously, not there isn't a ton of experience. Obviously, this is going to be Trey Young's first playoff, playoff um, game, a playoff series. I believe it's going to be Julius Randle's first playoff series. So both of their biggest stars are going to, you know, this is going to be their first time around in the playoffs. So I expect this to be a a very long series. Uh, But, uh, you know, but, you know, they have have some great coaching on both sides, whether it's Tom Thibodeau 
with what he's done with the Knicks and also with Nate McMillan. I mean, he's done a fabulous job with this Hawks team. I mean, before he took over, I mean, I, I believe they were out of the playoffs or, or yeah, in that playing were. game. They were out of the playoffs. So what he's done with this Hawks team, you know, he's he has done a he has done a fantastic job. Not like again, this will be a long series. Yeah, and this is this is probably like one of the hardest. This is probably going to be one of the hardest series to um to predict in terms of this first round matchups because we have no nothing to really go off of in terms of them performing in the playoffs because, like you said, Julius Randle, this is his first playoff series. Same thing with Trey Young, and I think the biggest like thing to look out for in this is that which of these young guys are going to be able to step up um in the like in the big lights. I mean, the Knicks have been playing well all season long, but will this um, translate into playoff um, basketball? Same thing with the Hawks. I mean, Nick McMillan is probably the one with the most coach, um, playoff experience with anyone on that team. And yes, I mean, same thing with Tom Thibodeau on the, on the Knicks. It's going to be a big, just like a coaching chess match. Who's going to be able to outcoach the other? And it's really going to be like wh- which of these top guys is going to be able to um, – be able to step up, whether it's Trey Young, is he going to take his game to the next level come playoff time? Or Julius Randle, I mean, is this just a regular season facade or is this going to be something that is sustainable for um, like long stretches at a time, even in the postseason? But when it comes to, I mean, like before we move on, I mean, in terms of like both these teams, I mean, is there anyone that you're looking for? I mean, obviously the matchup between Julius Randle and Trey Young um, is going to be the, the main focus, but is there anyone else you think is going to make like a big difference on either of these teams? Like Derrick Rose will have, he will have a great series. I expect him to really show, you know, show out. Obviously, I don't, I don't remember the last time he's been in the playoffs. It might have been with again you know, when he was with the Bulls back yeah. in like 2015 uh, against that, you know, against the Cavs. And I remember, I remember that. So obviously, he hasn't been in the playoffs in a while. So I expect, but the next, but, but the next to win, obviously, Julius Randle has to play well. Also, Derrick Rose coming off the bench. Also, R.J. Barrett, you know, he's kind of gone under the radar with, you know, the hype of Zion in that class. But R.J. Barrett, he has played pretty well this season. And, you know, I, I and for the, you know, another key for the for the Knicks to win this series um, is for not is for Julius Randle, Derrick Rose and R.J. Barrett to, to play well and to go along with their defense, which is one of the which is one of the, the best defenses in the league. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, Julius Randle. Obviously, he's the one who gets all the headlines. But Derrick Rose, ever since he they acquired him from the Detroit Pistons, has been a a godsend. He's been a great piece for them off the bench. R.J. Barrett. I mean, he is having definitely an underrated sophomore season. I mean, no one is barely talking about how much he's improved this season. You know, averaging like basically eighteen and six, much better from the three point line. He's going to be a massive part to this team's success. But since you talked about a lot about the um, about the Knicks, I mean, for the Hawks, I think someone who's going to really step up big here is someone like a Bogdan Bogdanovich, someone who is like um, who can alleviate the pressure off Trey Young. And over the last like month and a half, I mean, he has been playing absolutely fantastic for this team, and is a big reason why they're still pulling off these wins. John Collins is someone to look out for too. Someone who is in a contract year hasn't really shown that he is worth max money, but if he's going to show out at any point during the season the time is right now. So a lot of both these teams have something to prove. Both these teams, like I mentioned earlier, they're playoff babies. First time in both these teams eras that they have made the the playoffs. But Miles, let me get let me hear your um playoff prediction. Who do you have winning this series and then how many games? Like I said, I think it's gonna be a long series, but I'm gonna have the Knicks win this one in seven games. It's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long hard series, but I have the Knicks in this one. Okay, okay. Now this is the one where we finally disagree. I have the Atlanta Hawks winning this series in seven games. I feel like that this is the type of environment that Trey Young just strives for. I have a feeling that he's gonna have a big, big series, maybe somewhere near like a thirty and ten type series. Julius Randle is going to play well as well, but I just do not trust that Knicks offense always to sustain itself for the for the um, for the duration of a series. The Hawks defense is at least as average, but their offense is much better, especially with Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins, and all them. But you're right; it could go either way. This is going to definitely be a exciting matchup in the first round, probably the most exciting one in terms of the East one, and like in terms of we just don't know what's going to happen and who's going to step up. 
But let's move on to the West. Let us move on to the Western Conference. We're going to do it like we started off at the Eastern Conference. We're going to start with the 1-8 matchup. Obviously, we still don't know who the eight seed is. The matchup is going to be this um, Friday night. But we have the Utah Jazz as a number one seed going up against either the the Golden State Warriors or the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, we already talked about the Warriors-Grizzlies matchup. In terms of the Jazz, um, they've been absolutely fantastic all year. Top, um, top 10 on both sides of the ball in terms of offense and defense. We still don't know the status of Donovan Mitchell, which is going to be extremely interesting going into the series. But Miles, what? How are you feeling about the series? Do you think is there any way that any of these teams can upset the Jazz? No, I would say that the Grizzlies. I don't even. I've said there is a question mark with Donovan Mitchell. I'm not sure about Mike Conley whether he's in or out or whatever that case may be. Uh, but I feel like even if they don't even have those guys in the in the lineup, I don't see the Grizzlies posing that much of a threat. On the other side with Golden State, I believe now people were saying you know, Jamon Green was saying we aren't the we believe team of you know 2007 or whenever that or, you know the team that beat the Mavs um as you know as an eighth seed. Uh, but I do believe that you know if the Warriors beat the Grizzlies tomorrow. Uh, they will they will have a very very good shot to beat the Jazz in my opinion. I actually I would actually have the I would actually have the Warriors winning that series just because of the question wow. marks. Yeah. Just because of the question marks with Donovan Mitchell. Um, and even if he comes back, it's like he hasn't played you know a, a long time. He's gonna he's, he's probably not gonna be the most the most efficient. So it's like. Who's gonna take up that slack? Is it gonna be Jordan Clarkson? I just don't Boyan Boyan Bogdanovich. So I just don't I just don't see. I don't. It's gonna be hard for them I, with the Grizzlies. I don't see that being much of a threat. But the Warriors, I see them being a real threat. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is with the Grizzlies match, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think the Utah Jazz are gonna um, make quick work of the Grizzlies. I mean, if anything, at most, they're gonna take one game, but that's about it. The Warriors is going to be extremely interesting because, like you mentioned, Donovan Mitchell has not played in the last like couple weeks, close up to a month now, and now coming off this ankle injury. I mean, we don't know um, what kind of like like how much he's like in game shape and stuff like that. Because you know, when Donovan Mitchell is at his best, we know from last year's playoffs that he could just go off. Last year, that the whole battle with him and Jamal Murray was probably one of the highlights of last year's NBA bubble. And that's definitely something to look out for. Donovan Mitchell not being 100%. I think Mike Conley should be good now. I mean, he was playing the last two games of the season, so I think he should be fine in terms of the rest of the roster. But the Warriors are definitely going to put up a fight. They are 100% going to put up a fight. This is not some normal H that you got here. You got Steph Curry playing, Draymond Green being the anchor of that defense. It's definitely going to be a close, close game. I still think the Jazz do have an advantage over the, um, the Warriors especially with them being like one of the top defenses in basketball, which is going to make it tough for Golden State to de- to really um, develop any offense. But one of the things to watch here is, it, um, and I'm going to throw this to you like afterwards to see your thoughts, but the whole Rudy Gobert situation from the last few playoffs where the Houston Rockets played him off the court, same thing last year with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they were just taking advantage of him left, right, and center. I mean, do you think there's going to be another problem? Do you think it's going to be a problem this year for the Jazz? Or do you think that the Jazz are going to overcome it? I feel like in terms of Rudy Gobert, I mean, it all depends on like the matchups. I believe with the Warriors, obviously, you know, I mean, I feel like the way that Rudy Gobert gets exposed is if a team has a stretch five that can take him away from the paint and has him play the perimeter. Um, so, I mean, and and that you know, in that scenario, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think either of the the Grizzlies or the Warriors have the personnel to really like expose yeah. Rudy Gobert because uh, they don't have a stretch five. I mean, the Warriors they have Kevon Looney. Obviously, he's not going to shoot anything. And um, you know, I matter of and as a matter of fact, Jonas Valanciunas. He, I mean, he doesn't shoot threes really, really like that. But in terms of, like a mid range shooter, he's you know he's pretty good with that. So I guess in that series, maybe he could get exposed. But I, I just feel like uh, a team. He has to have like a stretch five, like a you know, kind of like an AD or somebody like that to really expose Gobert. Um, because you know, in the paint, he is he is a monster. I'll give him that. He is a monster. 
Yeah, he's one of the best defensive players in the league. A lot of people have him for defensive player of the year this year, and rightfully so. And I think it's going to be like a very interesting thing to see, like how, um, like how the Grizzlies or the Warriors, when they get into this series, how they're going to be um, planning for to get Gobert out of paint, which is probably going to be one of their goals. And then the last thing about the Utah Jazz before we get into our predictions, I mean, one of the biggest things they improved from the, from last few the last few years to now is that their three point shooting is just absolutely insane now. One of the best three point shooting teams in basketball. They got. They're like number like top three in percentage makes and attempts. So that's something to also look out for. Yeah. But Miles, in terms of this series, whether it's the Warriors, whether it's the Grizzlies, give me your predictions. So if it's the Warriors, I'm gonna say the Warriors in six games. I know I'm out on a limb with this one, but I just have I just have a feeling that with Alvin Mitchell out. I feel like the Warriors could pull off a major upset and Curry is just playing at the best level I've ever seen him play in, in his career. Um, you know, even better than 2016 in my opinion, because this is a, this is without Clay Thompson and you know, and and all the focus is on him. If they place the Grizzlies five games the most like five games is kind of being generous. It's really I think Matt Fact will be a sweep. If they if, if they face the Grizzlies, the, the Grizzlies, it'll be a sweep. Uh but the Warriors, they pose a real threat, and I think that they could pull off the upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a bold move. I mean, we still – I mean, Donovan Mitchell could be back, but he's still not going to be 100%. That's what Miles is begging on. The Warriors pick is definitely, definitely bold. For me, if it turns to the Grizzlies, I have the Jazz sweeping them. I do have the Jazz sweeping them. I think it should be um, quite uh, – it's just going to be easy work for the Jazz especially because the the Grizzlies just cannot shoot threes for the life of them. So I think it's going to be um, – it should be quite easy for the Jazz, who are one of the best three-point shooting teams. And in terms of the Warriors, I do think it's going to be a long series. But the Jazz are – I mean, they hear people like you, Miles. They hear people like you doubting them, doubting mm-hmm. their ability as a number one seed, the, the best record in the NBA. They're hearing this, and I think that – I honestly do believe that they're going to be ready to prove some doubters wrong. I have the Jazz winning this series, winning it in six. The Warriors are going to put up a fight, but I think the Jazz, their continuity, their great defense, I think it should be enough to pull out the win. But that Warriors pick, it's definitely, definitely bold. Let's move on to the 2-7 matchup. The 2-7 matchup, the Phoenix Suns taking on your Los Angeles Lakers. It's the a lot of people um, calling this the banana boat matchup because CP3 going up against LeBron James. Definitely. Um, so I don't think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. Rem- I don't like remember these guys facing each other in the playoffs in their career. Like at least I don't, especially because they've been on different conferences for the majority of their careers. But yeah, it's going to be a very, very in- uh, um, intense matchup. The Phoenix Suns haven't been in the playoffs in 11 years, and now they have the second best record in the league. And the Lakers struggling all season long, but they got their guys healthy when they needed the most. Miles, what are your thoughts on this series? And do you think? Do you think that the Suns can – it's weird I'm saying this, but do you think the Suns can upset the Lakers in this scenario? I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, as obviously with Chris Paul has done with, with this team, I mean, it's just been – I mean, it's just been great. I mean, with them not making the playoffs last season to not being, you know, the second seed, having the top three overall seed in the whole entire NBA – uh, I mean, what Chris Paul has done. I mean, wherever he goes, they win. Wherever they goes, the team wins. He, you know, he ends up turning turning the teams around. And and Monty Williams, he could very well be the coach of the year. Uh, and you know, as as well. So you know, that team, like you can't sleep on this, sleep on this Suns team. Uh, but I like they're too young. When they had Devin Booker, his first playoff series. DeAndre Ayton, his first playoff series. Got. Mikel Bridges, his first playoff series. So, you know, they have a lot of young guys. I feel like, you know, I, I, I just don't see them going ahead in their first playoff series being LeBron and AD. I just don't see that, even if LeBron is not not you know, not totally 100% right now and AD is still coming back into, like, his role. And they have guys like Drummond and Schroeder coming back in. So I still feel like – it's going to be a lot to, you know, to say that the Suns could pull off the upset. You know, and like you said, it's kind of weird as like a, a second seed is the underdog and the seventh seed. I, I, don't, I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah, exactly. and that's, this is, this is a crazy season. Uh, but I feel like 
I'm be honest. I feel like it's gonna be a short. I feel like it's gonna be a short series. I don't. I don't, I don't see this series being super long, like seven games or something like that. I, I'd be surprised if it goes that long. Uh, but again, it's it's gonna. I I can't really. Pick, it's gonna be hard for me to to try and pick the Suns in this one, given the fact that they don't have the experience, obviously, that this Lakers team has. Yeah, and it just it sucks for the Suns, man. I mean, eleven years not making the playoffs, and who do you have? Who are you facing in the first round? The defending NBA champions. It's, yeah, it's unlucky. It's just unlucky for yeah. them. I mean, all the points that you talked about them being inexperienced. This is the type of thing that LeBron likes to feast on. He sees all these guys going to the playoffs, seeing the bright lights for the first time, and he's like. Young guys, man. I mean, I've been doing this for over a decade now. He's been doing this ever since these guys were in diapers. Freaking LeBron has been doing this all, yeah. all the time. Anthony Davis. I mean, we know what he's done last year in the playoffs. He he just he has proven that he is a proven playoff performer. And it's it's just a weird thing because the Suns they still feel like underdogs after, even after the like amazing season they had this year. It's really weird to put it like that, but they are still the underdogs in this series. But you got to show off to Chris Paul, obviously, for what he has done with this team. People um, giving him some MVP cred, which is um, definitely reasonable. Um, Monty Williams, one of the best coaches in the league, um, taking this Suns team um, after 11 years of not making the playoffs to the playoffs. But, I mean, they have the pieces. They have the pieces. They have DeAndre Aiden. He's still coming into his own. Devin Booker, I think he can have a really, really good series. But it's just unfortunate. They got to go against the Lakers in the first round. I think if they had the Warriors, I think that would be a lot more favorable to them. I think I, I, I would like maybe choose them in that scenario. But yeah. against the Lakers, now that they're healthy, now that they're kind of getting into their groove, it's hard for me to go against um, LeBron, man. Because even on that Suns team, I mean, who are the, the guys who even have experience? I mean, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, and that's pretty much it. Even right. the guys on the yeah, even the guys on the bench like Cam Johnson, Javon Carter. I mean, no, none of these guys have been in this type of pressure basketball situation before. So, I think the Lakers will um will pick up the win the series. It could go seven games. I could see it, but um, I could definitely still go to a short series. Miles, what is your official prediction for the series? I feel like the I feel like the games itself will be close. I don't feel like the Lakers will like blow them out, nothing like that. Or like, and but I still feel it would be a five-game series. The Lakers will win. I just feel like I just feel like several of them get. It's kind of like how like the Lakers last year when they faced Jokic and Jamal Murray. A lot of those games they were close, but they ended up being the but the, but they ended up losing in five games. I feel like that's like kind of the way that it'll go. Uh, so I'll say it'll be five games. I wouldn't be shocked if, if it was six. Uh, but I'd be totally shocked if if it went to seven games. I just don't feel like. The Suns right now are already, you know, to really compete with LeBron James and Anthony Davis at this certain point. And Anthony Davis, he has had his way with, with he had his, he has had his way with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, oh, man, beat, yeah. he's been having he's been having his way. So obviously, Draymond Green has given him some fits, but DeAndre Ayton, I mean, he has he's gonna. I expect Anthony Davis to have a monster, a monster series, and Lakers to win in five games. Yeah, DeAndre Aiden, I mean, he's kind of like your prototypical center. He's not someone like – he's not like a modern-day type of center. He's kind of like those kind of like older type of centers. And when you're facing up against Anthony Davis, who is able to kill you from the inside or the outside, I think it's just going to make him like an ordinary player here, and it's going to be extremely tough for someone to contain him. In this series, I have this the Lakers winning, but I have them winning in six. Like you mentioned, it's gonna it's it's not gonna be an easy series in terms of like individual games. I think that the Lakers will win in six games, but each of these games are gonna be close. Um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker going up against like LeBron, like hitting these clutch shots back and forth, back and forth. I could see a lot of those happening, but the Suns are just inexperienced. I mean, one of my before like this episode, like one of my previous episodes, I had Devin Booker as one of the playoff breakout performers. But it's going to be tough. I mean, he's probably going to have some big games, but I think the Lakers are going to just know how to pull out these type of games. They know how to win in the playoffs, and I expect that to happen in this series against a very inexperienced Suns team. So for me, Lakers in six, Miles got Lakers in five. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the 3-6 matchup. The 3-6 matchup, the Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trailblazers. Last year of the regular season, these guys played as well. So we're going to see at least another four games of this matchup. 
the Nuggets ra- um, ra- raveled by injuries this season. Um, J- Jamal Murray um, going down in the Warriors game. Will Barton going down. I mean, it's been a, an injury-riddled season for this Denver Nuggets team. And this Trailblazers team, although they finished off 42-30, and 30, um, honestly, I think it was a pretty disappointing year. They they brought in Covington. They brought in Derrick Jones Jr. to improve their defense. They're still one of the two worst defenses in basketball. It's going to be still an interesting matchup, especially because the Nuggets do not have anyone that can kind of match up with Lord or and McCollum. But, Miles, what are your thoughts on this series? I feel like it's going to be – we have the end – we have the – I mean, I feel like he's – I feel like he's, he's – I feel like we have the future MVP and Nikola Jokic in this series. So I feel like we'll have a monster game. I don't feel like Nurkic could even hang it, could even, is even going to like be able to, to stand with Jokic. I mean, I feel like Jokic will have his, his way this series. And I feel like it'll go six games. Uh, but obviously with the, with losing out on Jamal Murray, I don't, I just don't think that, you know, this Nuggets team could really compete with, Damon Lillard, CCJ McCollum, you know they have Covington. They have you know, the the Blazers. They have a they have a pretty good team. They have they have a pretty good team. Obviously, injuries have also messed up their season a little bit. Having CJ McCollum out for for you know, for a while, having Nurkic out for a while. I'm not sure if Zach Collins is back or not, but he's been injured as well. So this Trailblazers team is a six seed, but kind of like last season when they were eighth seed, they aren't the typical. Six seed or typical AFC, I feel like their talent on their team, you know, shows that they're that shows that like I feel like talent wise, they're a top three, top four team in the you know in the West. Uh, so I would have um, the Blazers with the edge in this series, but I do feel like um, Jokic is going to get a game or two. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if this goes to seven games uh, because I just feel like um, Jokic will end up having his way in this series. Yeah. And the thing about Nicole Jokic, and it's crazy to think about this, but when it comes to playoff time, he even takes his game to another level, yeah. which is hard to believe because he's having an MVP season right now. But looking at his like past two playoff appearances, I mean, he has just put up just monster numbers. Like in his first playoff series, 25 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists. Last year, 24 points a game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, he just knows how to turn it on when it comes to the playoffs. But I think the biggest thing to look out for in this series is kind of how will Michael Porter Jr. react to being a number two option on a team that is looking to go forward, like to go deep into this playoffs. Because with Jamal Murray going down, obviously Michael Porter Jr. kind of assumed a role as a second option. And if you remember last year's playoffs, he was running his mouth telling that he should be getting more shots at the end of the game. This guy was like, has played like, I think at the time, like under 30 games in his career. And he's, he's already talking about getting more shots in these playoff games. And people were quick to dismiss it because he was basically a rookie at that point because he hasn't played many games, but now he's kind of been forced into scenario. So it's more of a case of like, um, you see yourself there. Um, Michael Porter jr. You asked for this. He asked for this. So now it's time for him to show up. Obviously, and um, CJ and Dame have done this um, for quite a number of years now. Obviously, it hasn't gone to the, um, hasn't resulted in a finals appearance, but they've they were able to go deep into a playoff run. But I still think Jokic's ability, I think, is just going to be too much for the Trailblazers to handle, especially being one of the worst defenses in basketball. And uh, the game plan I could see from the Nuggets just right away is that having Jokic on the top of the key and just have the rest of the guys cutting all the time. And I just don't think that the Trailblazers are going to be able to stop that and be able to ch- um, chase um, the players around him just for the length of a series. Michael Porter Jr. I think will come up big in this matchup. But yeah, it's, it's going to go long. This series is going to go long. Both teams obviously having their own deficiencies, but I still think um, this, this series is going to go long. Miles, what is your official prediction? I'm going to say it's going to be seven games for sure. So I'm going to have the Trailblazers coming out with the win on the road get on, on the game road. seven. Like game seven, how, you know, get that dub on the road. Crazy, crazy. I think they did this a few years ago against the San Antonio Spurs. So let's see if they could do this again against the Nuggets. Yeah. I got the Nuggets winning in seven games. I think that Jokic is going to have some sort of crazy stat line by the end of the series, probably like something like 30, 12, and like eight or something like that. He's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, I think that Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a big series as well. And 
also look out for other people. You know, Monty Morris is still like a pretty solid player. We've seen that some games he could do in the in the bubble last year. Um, Paul Millsap again, another veteran. But I think that this is going to be a series that's it could definitely go either way. But I have the Nuggets winning. Now for the final matchup, and same thing on the East side, we have one rematch on both sides of the bracket. This was a rematch from last year. We have the Los Angeles Clippers as the number four seed going up against the Dallas Mavericks. The LA Clippers this year, I think, has been under the radar, one of the best teams in basketball. I know in the last couple of games, they were really trying to avoid the Lakers in the second round, so they just basically tanked it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bro, I mean, like, I mean, the last game of the season, they out tanked the Thunder. I mean, how on earth do you out out tank the Thunder? They rested Kawhi, Paul George, Rondo, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum. I'm like, this is, I'm like, come on now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the thing is, like, they were resting those guys. And then, like, obviously, the Thunder are putting people out there, like, freaking Moses Brown, um, Josh Hall, like, some guys that, like, I bet you, like, 80% of NBA fans haven't even heard of. But they yeah. still out tanked the Thunder. <laughs> they got the fourth seed. They're faced. They're in a. I feel like they're comfortable with this rematch against the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have actually struggled early on in the season, but Luka Doncic has really turned it up like in this last two months, and now they're the fifth seed. Miles, what is your thoughts on the series, and do you think the the Mavs can get the revenge from last year? Here's what I'll say. Now, going back to last season, our last playoffs, I think that when the Ma- I feel like the Mavs would have won that series if. Christoph Porzingis, you know, was there for the entire series and he didn't, obviously he got ejected in game one. I feel like if he was there for the entirety of that series, the Mavs would have won. And I'm going to stand by that. I believe believe that, you know, if Porzingis, obviously he is injury prone, but if he can stay healthy for this series, um, they have, uh, they have, they have a, they have a squad with obviously Luca Porzingis, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. They have a, you know, Marcus Max Maxi Kleber. Um so they have they have they have they they have shooters around Luca. Um and I do believe that, that this will be um a long series. Uh and I believe that Luca, uh I don't believe anybody can really guard Luca um on the Clippers. And I feel like he'll, he'll have a monster series. And I mean I expect Christoph Porzingis, if he stays healthy, to ha- have around like 22 and 10 or you know 24 and 10 around that you know around that range um and it's going to be a great series but i did this mavericks team you know they just obviously they started off bad in the beginning in the beginning of the season but they picked it up obviously gotten back to gotten back to and gotten back to a, a fifth seed i just believe that you know this team if they can get hot at the right time they can be very dangerous and honestly, the, the clippers they were Trying to avoid the the Lakers, trying to avoid them in the, in the second round, but they but they could have messed around and got a, a a worse matchup right now in the first round. I feel like facing Luca versus facing Dame and the Trailblazers might not be the most favorable favorable matchup for them. Uh, so you know, with everybody healthy, it's going to be a long series. It yes, yes, it's going to be a long series, and the biggest factor in the series is is. Kristaps Porzingis is going to be healthy because we've been asking that question this entire season and he just is in, he's out, he's back in, he's back out. He has been kind of the most, like, he, we just don't know like what to expect like going into series. Like, is he going to be ready? We're just not 100% sure. I mean, Luka has been great. Luka has been great. He's probably going to be All-NBA first team again this year. Um the, maybe the Mavs are looking at the series like, hey, they really want to avoid the Lakers just to face us. Maybe that gives them extra confidence. But I'm looking at this series a lot different than you are. The Clippers have heard the jokes for months on Ed now. People have been clowning the Clippers ever since blowing that 3-1 lead to Denver. I think they're going in here with a different mentality. They understand that um, Luka and all of them gave them a fight last year. I think they're going to actually come out a lot more focused than a lot of people think. And when you got Kawhi, who who knows how to like win these series, I think he's gonna be extra focused like from the get go. Paul George, he doesn't want to be hearing that pandemic P stuff anymore, man. He's done hearing about pandemic P. They have a restructured restructured roster. Um, Sergi Baca is there as well. Vicha Zubac, they got a good roster, and I'm not saying that Dallas doesn't, but it's kind it's 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 definitely something that. 
to look out for in terms of KP. I mean, is he going to be healthy? Is he not? I cannot trust that in this series. The Clippers, I think, are just on a mission this year. They are on a mission to try and go deep into this playoff run. They haven't talked all season long, which is different from last year because they've just been talking and talking a lot last year. But I think they're focused. They know what the plan is. I think the Clippers should be able to pull off this series. Um, the KP thing, though, like you said, it's the biggest, biggest um, question mark in terms of the series. But I think the Clippers will lock down, will clamp down. I think they'll pull out this win. But Miles, the final prediction of the episode, man, who do you have winning this series? So my, my final prediction is going to be spicy. Obviously, I had, you know, the Warriors possibly beating the Jazz if they beat the Grizzlies in the eighth, you know, as you know, as eighth seed. And I'm going to go out with a bold prediction this one as well. I'm going to say that the Mavericks, uh, I'm going to have a caveat. As long as Christopher Zingas is healthy for the entire series, I'm going to have them winning this and. I'll say in seven games. In seven games, we'll have the Mavs pulling off the major upset of the postseason and beating the Clippers, beating the Clippers. Imagine beating the Clippers in round one. But here, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to give Chris Aspersingas, if, if he goes seven games, I'll give Chris Aspersingas four. If he plays four games, if he plays four games, how do you feel about your prediction? No, nah, no. Nah. If he plays four games, I mean, it's just the Clippers, they have too much with. I mean, yeah, obviously, okay. Rondo, Rondo, is a, Rondo is a great piece. I forgot about that will elevate the Clippers to another level that, that they weren't last season. Uh, but I just believe that the, the offensive, you know, the offensive weapons that the Mavericks have, I just feel like, you know, it'll be too much for the Clippers. I don't see. Kawhi or anybody else stopping Luka from either driving or kicking out or just driving and getting his own buckets. Uh, so I would say that, I mean, obviously if Kristoff only plays four, four games, I mean, I would probably have the Clippers winning in six or maybe, maybe five. Uh, but I'm praying, I'm hopefully Kristoff Przingis can stay healthy. So we can at least just see the dynamic duel between him and Luka. I feel like that, 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 that is, that is a sight to see. Uh, and I'll be excited to, see them possibly pull off a major upset. Yeah, create KP, get healthy, man, because they're going to start having questions if you can't, like, finish off this playoff series. I mean, they yeah. paid you a lot, of, a lot of money, and if, like, you can't, like, stay healthy even for a playoff series, I mean, it's they're people, they're going to be thinking of moving him. I really do think that's going to be a possibility if he just can't stay healthy. My official prediction, I can't trust KP to stay all seven games. He hasn't been doing his entire career. I got the Clippers winning in six. They're on a mission this year. Kawhi, I mean, I've seen firsthand, you've seen firsthand what Kawhi Leonard could do, can like bring heartbreak to a team. I know what he could do for a team. I think this is a different year for the Clippers. I think they're more motivated. Paul George is going to pr- uh, okay, I'm not going to bet on Paul George, but <laughs> yeah. but um, I think I think these these guys are going to be like a lot more motivated, a lot more focused. The Clippers are 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 business right now. They mean for business, and I think that they're going to be able to pull out this win for the second year in a row. But yeah, those are all of our playoff predictions. Let us mean let us know down below what you guys think. Do you agree or disagree? Miles got some bold takes over here. Let's see if like anyone who like wants to refute him on any of them. Obviously, um, comment on the Instagram post as well if you are not on the YouTube comments. But yeah, I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. I'm going to give Miles the floor right now. What's going on in your podcast right now and what and people should look forward to going forward? Yes. Yeah, so obviously with the NBA playoffs starting up, going to have a whole lot of NBA content. Got to have my man TV on, on the episode as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and, you know, we've got some great content going on. Uh, with all you know, with all sports, so make sure to uh, tune in on um, Apple Podcasts at Real Talk with Miles Johnson and on Spotify, and also um, make sure to follow me on YouTube, TikTok, all that jazz. Um, I'm just happy to be on this show, man. It was a great show. Had to talk about all the playoff matchups. Um, hopefully, most of our predictions are right. Obviously, we had a lot of the, the same predictions, but we'll see. Who was right and who was wrong with either the the Clippers or the Jazz and the Warriors or yeah. the Hawks and Knicks? Uh, so it'll be you know it'll be exciting to see these you know to see these to to see these playoffs. 
Yeah, they start on Saturday. I'm super excited to watch it. Obviously, there's still two more playing games as well, so that's going to also be exciting. But, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. We'll definitely have you on in another time. Again, this is where we're going to end things. Thank you guys for watching. Remember to follow our TV on basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. Subscribe to the YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Like the video as well. Um, subscribe or leave a review if you're on Apple and just show your support in any way possible on all the other podcast networks. I'll be back on Monday with another guest on the podcast um, discussing our final thoughts before the um, for the NBA playoffs. So you definitely want to um, see that one. I'm going to I'm going to be reviewing the guest on Sunday um, afternoon. So please, um, so remember to check that out. But yeah, this is where we're going to end things. Thank you guys for watching. Hope you have a fantastic day. TV signing out. Miles signing out. Take it easy, guys. Peace.